You are listening to Cindy Uncensored Bible Podcast with Cindy Parker. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Episode 2 of Season 1. And this season is about the important things. So today we're going to be answering the question, What should my life look like if I am following the God of Israel? What are practical steps to make this a reality? Well, first, I want to talk about something I mentioned in the first episode, and that is the fact that God wants us to love Him. Following Him is much easier when our heart longs for His presence. But what if we don't love Him as much as we should? Well, that's an easy fix. Ask Him. We just have to ask Him to help us if that's how we feel. Ask him to give us a love for him, and I assure you, he will help with that. I have been there, and he has helped me, and I know that he will you too. As a matter of fact, I'm going to turn real quick. I should have had this open to Philippians 2.13. And it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him, and the power to do what pleases him. We can just pray that scripture, say, God, please work in me. Give me the desire to obey you and the power to do what pleases you. Because there is power in praying the scriptures. And we know that when we pray the scriptures, we are praying his will. So what do we do to make our life honor him? First, I've got the window open, so I apologize for the birds singing. Maybe you won't mind that. Um, So what do we do to make our life honor him? Well, first, we have to understand that it's the work of the Holy Spirit in us that helps us accomplish this. But we have to do our part. We must choose to seek the Father. And we have to daily be mindful of what we let into our life. And what might separate us from his presence. I'm going to close that window a little. So let's look at what the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit will help us with. In John 14, 26, Jesus told his disciples, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And the Holy Spirit provides, provides wise counsel to Christ's followers. Jesus knew he would be going away, and he knew that we would need the Holy Spirit to help us and to remind us of his teachings. And this even means that if, if we are reading the scriptures, that when we need those scriptures, the Holy Spirit will bring them back to our memory and remind us of what the word says to encourage us. John 16, 7-8 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He will constantly be there to remind us. In the Old Testament, it says that we will hear a voice that 
uh, tells us to go to the left or to the right. And that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God that is there to direct us and, and to help us stay on the path. Uh, let's see. Let's read Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. And this is Paul talking to uh, the church of Ephesus. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That is a passage we need to memorize. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. And it, it tells us so many things that the Holy Spirit will help us with. That he will give us wisdom. He will reveal, reveal things to us. He will help us to know the Father better. He will help us to understand the hope that, that God has called us to. The inheritance that we have. And the incomparably great power for those of us who believe. So these scriptures tell us that we don't have to try to follow God's ways in our own strength. The Holy Spirit is there if we let him help us. Now, of course, that means we have to be able to hear him speaking to us, both through the scriptures and through our thoughts and our conscience. And we'll talk more about that in a few episodes about how to hear God's voice, because it is extremely important. But the first thing we need to do is to realize that the Holy Spirit is available for wisdom and power in our life. We do not have to try to walk this walk all on our own. Now, before I talk about what our life looks like as a follower of Jesus and the Father, I want to talk about some things we can do to keep them in their rightful place in our heart. I want to talk about a few practical steps in walking out a life of relationship and godliness. And to do that, we're going to talk about what is called the spiritual disciplines. What are the spiritual disciplines? They are the practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among the followers of Christ. Now, first, I want to interrupt here to say something about the term believer. A lot of time I say believers uh, instead of followers. I'm trying to say followers um, because a lot of people say they believe in God and Jesus, but they refuse to follow them. The Bible says even the demons believe, but we know where they're going to end up and we know who they follow and it's not God. So I'm going to try to stick with saying follower and not believer because believing is not enough. We must follow. So back to the spiritual disciplines. The ones we're going to talk about are prayer, Bible study, meditation, and fasting. Now, personally, I think keeping the Sabbath should be one, but we're not going to discuss that today. 
And if we look at the definition of discipline in our use in this context, it means to train or practice self-control towards the things that help us grow spiritually and to stay on the path of following the Father. So here's a really hard truth that a lot of times we don't want to admit. If we don't commit to seeking God and work Him into our schedule, we'll never find time. We'll never make Him a priority. We have to train ourselves to practice good spiritual habits, and it requires a little bit of self-control. So, did you know that God Himself used routine and training to help His people remember important spiritual things? to keep them focused on the path? That's exactly what the Sabbath and the feasts of God are. There are seven feasts that God talks about, and a lot of people think they are just for the Jews. That is incorrect if you will study the feast. The feasts were created before the Jews ever even existed. So, and the Bible in the Bible, it says that God says the feasts are his feast. But what they are, are periodic reminders that point to the will of the Father and what he's done for us. And we need reminders. We need order in our life if we want to stay focused on what really matters. And that's all the spiritual disciplines are. They're tools to keep our focus on Christ and not on the world and the temptations from the kingdom of darkness. So we're going to talk about just a couple of the spiritual disciplines that I mentioned. And the first one we're going to talk about is prayer, which can be very intimidating for people. Now, I've always thought I was terrible at prayer because I've read a lot about the great men of God and the great women of God who have come before us. And some of them prayed on their knees for hours and hours. Well, if I did that, I would need somebody to help me get up off the floor My mind cannot think of enough things to say for hours and hours. But I believe that just because that's how they prayed, that doesn't mean that that's how everybody has to pray. We're all unique. We have different personalities. And we should each discover which method of prayer works for us the best. Now, I've found that I pray best if I'm outside walking or if I'm sitting with an open Bible in my lap, if I'm studying and meditating on the scriptures, prayer automatically comes out of my mouth. It's just a natural response because when I sit down to pray, I ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me and I end up talking to the Lord throughout it. And so that is my my main way of praying, that and walking. Some people journal their prayers to God. That's an excellent idea. But whatever you figure out for you, the important thing is that you talk to the Father. And even more importantly, we need to listen to what He has to say to us. And as I mentioned just a little bit ago, we're going to do a whole episode on how to hear His voice and to listen to what He has to say to us. So the next discipline is Bible study and meditation. Now, I'm not talking about just reading a quick chapter so we can check Bible off of the list. I'm talking about reading the scriptures and listening to what God has to say through them 
asking the Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us. And then as we grow more familiar with the Bible, we'll learn to check references and to use Bible dictionaries to understand it better. We'll maybe learn to look into the Hebrew culture in which the Bible was written to understand it better. But the whole secret is to look at the scriptures as a roadmap to the Father. They're a source of wisdom and guidance when we're trying to live in this wicked world and we're looking for answers to problems that we face on a daily basis. And the Word has all of that and much more. But without it, you will most likely fail. It's our roadmap. It's our manual. We can't live according to His instructions if, they do, if we don't know what they are. And if our ignorance of the Scriptures is a result of our choice not to make the Word a priority, then we will answer to God for making a bad choice. And here's the bottom line. If we truly love Him, we will be drawn to the words He has written for us because the Scriptures reveal Him to us and they can change our lives. So the next discipline is fasting, and I'm just going to give a real short explanation. Basically, the Bible assumes that we are going to fast, that we are going to give up food in seeking the Father. Not if we fast. It, the Bible assumes we will fast, and fasting is used all through the Bible for repentance, for mourning, for consecration to God. And as a sign that we are humbling ourselves before him in supplication for his help. We just need to do it. And as we read through the scriptures, we're going to see many examples of it. And we need to pattern ourselves after the men and women in the Bible who are seeking God. And I believe that fasting is part of that. Now, one thing that I didn't list, but I would like to mention is fellowship with other followers of Christ. The Bible says not to forsake getting together with other followers. And it gives us instructions on how to allow our brothers and sisters to each use their God-given gifts when we meet. Now, centuries of misunderstanding have made this into a tradition that we must build a building and meet there once a week for an hour. And none of this is biblical. And please don't be offended. Just listen. The word church is not even in the Bible. It was inserted or translated that way by translators. Church buildings were created by the mother of a Roman emperor named Constantine in the 3rd century. And that was the birth of the Catholic Church. The followers of Christ met in synagogues, the town square, each other's homes. They shared a meal. They talked. They shared scriptures. They loved on each other and they prayed for each other. It was a vibrant, loving family. It was far from what the majority of churches are today. Although there are some good churches left, and my recommendation is to find some other believers and be yoked together with them and follow the biblical example for growth and edification. And if that's in a good church that you can find, that is good. But it is just as good 
if it is not in a church and if your fellowship is somewhere outside of that traditional church building. Now, I'm going to move on before I make everybody mad talking about the church. (laughs) This can be a hot topic. But I want to just go read you a few passages in and that gives some good examples of the difference between someone who is walking in the world and someone who is walking in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God, in under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And then the, I'll be finished. But that is in Galatians. I'm going to Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to start with, <clears throat> excuse me, Verse 16. Now, if you'll read all through the New Testament, you're going to see all kinds of instructions on how to walk out a godly life and to live following in the steps of Jesus and obeying the Father. But this is just a short summary, and it's a good explanation in Galatians I'm going to start with 16, and I'm going to read down through 25. And this is Paul speaking to the church at Galatia. What I am saying is this. Run your lives by the Spirit. Then you will not do what your old nature wants. For the old nature wants what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit wants what is contrary to the old nature. These oppose each other, so that you find yourselves unable to carry out your good intentions. But if you are led by the Spirit, then you are not in subjection to the system that results from perverting the Torah into legalism. In other words, he's saying that the leading of the Spirit can prevent us from being legalistic. And being legalistic just means that we think that by following the instructions in the Bible, that that will save us. And that is not what saves us. The blood of Jesus Christ is what saves us. Us walking out the instructions of the Bible keeps us on the path. It is something that we do because we love God and because we want to honor him with our life. And the Bible says, if you love me, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my commandments. So, but, and this says that if we follow the leading of the Spirit, that we won't slip into legalism. Verse 19, and it is perfectly evident what the old nature does. It expresses itself in sexual immorality, impurity, and indecency. And this could cover just about 50% of what goes on in, in our world today. The level of sexual immorality, impurity, and indecency is astronomical. And I believe that's because if you look at every ancient pagan religion, they all included sexual perversion and sexual perversion is demonic and I believe that Satan has totally corrupted something that God designed between a married man and woman and it is 
permeated, this perversion has permeated our society and is even going after our children. This is our old nature, and if we are allowing that in our life, we are living in the kingdom of darkness and not the kingdom of light. There is no room in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ for sexual impurity, and we need to get that out of our life. We need to stop watching it on TV, and and it may not be hardcore. Even the soft porn is prevalent on TV and on Um, on the internet and followers of Christ have got to get that out of their life if you want the blessings of God on your life so going on involvement with the occult and with drugs our old nature is in feuding and fighting becoming jealous and getting angry in selfish ambitions factionalism intrigue and envy drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you now, as I have warned you before, those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. Let's look at that again. Sexual, okay, all the things I'm getting ready to list. The Bible says right here, anyone who does these things will have no share in the kingdom of God sexual immorality, impurity, indecency, involvement with the occult, involvement with witchcraft. This is very timely right here before Halloween and the level of obsession with Halloween, which is satanic, is unreal among followers of Christ today. Drugs, feuding and fighting, jealousy, getting angry, selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue and envy, drunkenness, all of these things. And then in verse 22, he says, but the fruit of the spirit or the evidence of those who walk in the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Nothing in the Torah stands against these things. Moreover, those who belong to the Messiah Yeshua have put their old nature to death on the stake on the cross, along with its passions and desires. Since it is through the Spirit that we have life, let it also be through the Spirit that we order our lives day by day. So, in summary, first I want to remind us that we cannot do these things without the help of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is ask. Ask Him to help us. Ask us the Father to help us. Help us love him more. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide our life and to help us to have self-control and wisdom on how we walk out our life every day. And the things we can do to help that is to have some of the spiritual disciplines at place in our life, to have consistent prayer, to have consistent Bible study and fasting, to meet with other believers, to fellowship with other believers for encouragement and shared wisdom. 
and and we just need to read the scriptures and see what God's instructions are and then do the best we can to follow them because if we love him we will want to follow them so that's what I have for today the next question we're going to ask next week is what are the obstacles in walking with the father and there are some very substantial obstacles that we're going to come against and we're going to talk about those so i want to thank you again for listening to me today for sharing some of your time with me and i pray that the lord will bless you and give you strength on your journey with him i love you i will see you on the next episode